What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. Featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. California, this is the Shiznit, and your host, Damon Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dean O'Reilly. Now, put your hands together for the Shiznit. Well, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Shiznit Show. We realize that you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. A good day, Weedle. Good day, Demo. <laughs> good day, Charlie Bell. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. All right. We got a chock full of a show that's just like full of interviews and all that stuff. We got uh, the R&B uh, dance party king Cupid coming in today. You mean the Black Family Reunion slash wedding king? <laughs> <laughs> All of that. <laughs> we got filmmaker uh, Tamarat um, McCohen. Tamarat McCohen. McCohen yeah. coming in. And uh, hey. And we're here. And we're here. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, give yeah. it up for us. Give it up to the Shiznit crew. For sure. <laughs> yeah, especially since uh weasel we won't be seeing you for a minute it's gonna be like three weeks before we see you again yeah 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 i uh i i got a new manager okay um uh not an apartment manager uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not going anywhere so that that's that's fine uh but uh yeah uh i i, I got a i uh, uh i don't know a couple of weeks ago i guess i i talked about i, I did a monologue showcase Mm-hmm. And uh, a manager was in the audience who uh, <clears throat> wants to uh, give me a go. Woo-hoo! And uh, so uh, hope, hopefully something will come out of this. Uh, <laughs> All right. Look, but, uh, look, man, you're a big movie star. Uh-huh. I, I, I'll be in charge of your entourage. <laughs> okay. That's my specialty. All right. All right. I got you. All right. All right. 
Um, <laughs> I, hit, hit, entourage coordinator and groupie wrangler. All <laughs> <laughs> <I>, right. <laughs> you know, you know. See, you see, that's it's that out of the box thinking right. that, that that I'll need because exactly. that never occurred to me. So yes. all you, all the fans, for you, all the fans that want to fuck Damien will have to fuck Charlie Bell first. No, 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 no. no. But I promise I'll have a list. I'll have a order list for you guys to. Put your qualifications in. It'll be very organized. Okay, okay. It'll be organized. We'll, we'll talk after the show. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so uh, anyway, so one of one of the one of the uh, one of the first things you told me is like, man, god damn, these pictures are old. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, dude? You're riding a tricycle in this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so uh i i uh i, I have to get uh new pictures mm-hmm. and, uh, the only- <laughs> <laughs> he said these pictures are etched in stone <laughs> <laughs> these pictures were made by one of that bird on the flintstones <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> your, your headshots are oil painted <laughs> that ain't gonna work <laughs> <laughs> it's like Dorian Standifer over here. <laughs> like, why are you wearing a loincloth? In this- <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why is this? Why is this snake giving you an apple in this photo? <laughs> Damon and his pet dinosaur. <laughs> Playing fetch. Yeah. What's this headshot of you being sold? <laughs> going, going, gone. Yeah, Don, Don, Don was. <laughs> oh, this is a nice one of you and Abraham Lincoln. I know you guys knew each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, ne- next Sunday, I have to take headshots. That was basically the only time. Uh, that both me and the photographer to get to, could get together. Mm-hmm. So. We get it. We get it. We got yeah. you. Sacrifice. Big time in us already. <laughs> yeah. Got a new manager. He already big time in us. Exactly. Look at him. Mm-hmm. I'm a movie star. I got a new manager. I have to take headshots. First thing got to go I with gotta this. I got to get my makeup done. I got to get my facials. Right. I'm, I'm a big timer. First thing got to go well, is this like little podcast. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? Wow. It's like you guys are in my head, man. <laughs> it's freaking me out right now. <laughs> uh, but, and, and uh, well, um, I, I uh, this, this Thursday, July 2nd, I'm going to be uh, uh, doing some stand-up Uh-oh. at the, uh, at the uh, Formosa Cafe. Oh, awesome. Which is at 7156 Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood. Cool. Doors open at 7. Uh, there's free street parking, but it's it, after 6. But, man, it can get really crowded over there. Uh, but they also have some underground parking nearby. And it's uh, 10 bucks. Oh, I actually, you know what? I actually might be able to make that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I might be able to make that. Cool, cool. Because uh, I go on vacation uh, starting Wednesday. Oh, okay. So, or okay. after after work Wednesday, okay. I'm on vacation. So, okay. um, I might try to make it too. Is it going to be? But only if it's funny. Is it going to be funny? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not if David has anything to say about it. <laughs> you did hear him say he was doing stand up, right? <laughs> like, I mean, come on now. Let's be real, Charlie Bell. <laughs> Are you at this show where we do it? <laughs> oh, I mean, 
maybe he had somebody else write the joke. <laughs> maybe he got a new manager and a new joke writer. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Package, package deal. <laughs> I know Dino Rez getting fired. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, I guess they're called the Rebels of Comedy, uh, and uh, doors open at seven. And the Rebels of Comedy—do they have a Confederate flag as their symbol? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, actually, they just gave me one for a do rag. So. Better than for a noose. <laughs> Bo and Luke. Okay. So Charlie Bell, what's been up with you? Not too much. Some of the same old, same old. Although I do mm-hmm. have to say, um, so for the second time, to- like, mind you, I've been dating mm-hmm. a long time. Since, I don't know, the Clinton administration. <laughs> it's been a long time. Oh, it's, uh, she, she started dating too long time. <laughs> <laughs> she started dating when I got my headshots. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, uh, and, As a matter of oh. fact, she photo- uh, photobombed you in that <laughs> Yeah, I was a psycho too. <laughs> no, but um, no, but in all the time that I've been dating, my illustrious dating career, I've never had the other woman, or I guess they think I'm the—I don't know—I'm not any woman, but it, whatever. The, the person who calls themselves woman. the significant other of the guy that's trying to talk to me, mm-hmm. I've gotten reached out to a second time already, mm-hmm. like in just the last couple of weeks. Somebody else, mm-hmm. baby mama. Mm-hmm. So in other yeah. words, so in other words, there's a guy who's trying to push up on you, right? With the um, um, uh, putting up the facade that he's single and available, right? Mm-hmm. But he his his woman is wants uh, to let me know otherwise, right? Okay. So this is what I was like. Okay, I could look. You could look at the glass half full or the glass half empty, right? Mm-hmm. So I decided that I see it as an opportunity. I'm gonna run a social media cybersecurity workshop. For cheating men. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Because these motherfuckers clearly don't know nothing about a goddamn passcode. <laughs> <laughs> a password. She may not find a man, but she'll get rich. Snapchat. Right. I mean, I got to have a backup plan. So any, any, any cheaters, dogs, <laughs> skeezers out there. Hit me up. I got. I got. I got help for you. That sounds like a a, a, a good business opportunity. Yeah, I, I'm I saying. Would, I wish business I had venture. thought of it. Thought, we, yeah. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlie Bell, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Thought <laughs> mm-hmm. you'd be proud of me, Evan. Yeah, that's cool. We can work with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, man. Um, I uh, I had an interesting week. Oh well, yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, it, it start off with some ratchetness. What mm-hmm. in South LA? Yeah, would you believe <laughs> the it? hell you say? <laughs> I was uh, on on a commute to work, my oh, own wow. my own business. Mm-hmm. Okay, generally, like this is how my commute goes. Generally, um, I'll catch the bus all the way in, mm-hmm. and then on the in in the afternoon when I'm off from work, I'll catch the the train and the combination of train and buses, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on I'm on the bus <clears throat> headed towards downtown, and this uh, little black chick um, comes and, and sits. It was pretty crowded, and so she comes and squeezes between me and this this uh, this this older uh, older black lady. Like she, the older black lady is probably about sixty five ish, and she squeezes in between us, whatever. And she's 
She, you know, she just looked like a regular. Actually, she kind of reminded me of uh, Aunt Jemima. Mm-hmm. Like H and on crack. Oh, she, okay. she, had, she had her. She had her little head tied up. Mm-hmm. The older lady? No, no. The the young the younger one. Mm-hmm. Looked like the younger ancient, one. Looked, looked like H and Mima on crack. crack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the older lady looked looked nice. She mm-hmm. looked very. She looked like she was going to work, and mm-hmm. she had her hair, her wig on, and everything. She looked mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the younger one looked like H and on crack. I th- I'm Ooh. thinking she's like around thirty something. And um, <clears throat> bad. She kind of bumped me a little bit. She's like, "Oh, excuse me." I was like, "Oh, no, no problem." You know, I just kind of and. Almost as soon as she sat down, like the bus stopped at the next stop, mm-hmm. right? She had just gotten on the bus too. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like there standing up waiting for her. She had just got on. Mm-hmm. So the very next stop, she hops up and is trying to get off. Mm-hmm. As she's making her way to the the rear exit, there's a Mexican guy who's standing up because, like I said, there's standing room only. And she tries to get by him. And he's trying to get out of her way. And I think he had like a bag or something like down at his feet, like a a backpack or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he bent down to kind of move it. And I guess he wasn't moving fast enough for her. And I I saw her do that thing where, you know, how when you're trying to get by somebody and you go to the right and they go to the right and then Mm -hmm. you go to the left, Mm -hmm. they go to the left. Mm -hmm. Do you want to dance? Right, right. She Mm -hmm. did. She did. She had like 10, like two seconds of of a stutter step kind of. And she got really frustrated and. She like just went off on a dude, and she was like, "Ooh, ooh, motherfucker, not today, not today, you don't you?" And uh, and uh, she kind of like pushed the dude, and then then skinny black guy, third dude, skinny black guy came and jumped jumped in the middle in between them, mm-hmm. and, and kind of did like this. He, he outstretched his arms and and kind of you know uh, put his back up against. He did the beat it pose. The, the, the Mexican guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mexican guy was about, I guess he was probably like a, um, he was in his 40s and mm-hmm. he was probably like a, you know, middleweight size. Mm-hmm. Middleweight size with a with a heavyweight gut. Mm-hmm. Ooh, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he definitely was bigger than her. Mm-hmm. Um, taller and bigger. Mm-hmm. And so. But you can never count a crackhead out though. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> Wait though. So, but then when the when the, but the thing is, I, I know the I get the, the skinny black guy was trying to help out, but what he actually did was like basically made the Mexican guy helpless, helpless, because mm-hmm. he couldn't move out the way, he couldn't defend, mm-hmm. him, he couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. and so she stole to his face. Wow! Ooh. And she hit him. At least she connected one, and she wasn't doing no girl hits either. Mm-hmm. She wasn't doing that where mm-hmm. you swatting like right, right. look like they swimming. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, she was. Swinging like a dude. You mean stereotypical girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stereotypical girl. <laughs> she was. Uh. She was doing Ronda Rousey. Huh? Right, right. She was dropping blows <laughs> like like Layla Ali. <laughs> right, right, right. She was like, no, I don't think it was a whole lot on it because she was small, mm-hmm. but she was. She was swinging properly, so, so you know she was, she, th- she was throwing Floyd Merriweather blows. You know he felt something, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know because she's still a grown woman and mm-hmm. she's hitting correctly, mm-hmm. so you know she he was feeling something. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, she got she connected once to the face, and then she got him a few times to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And you know the guy, all he could do because the the guy, other guy was holding him back was even though he wasn't trying to be an aggressor, he wasn't right. trying to. And he wasn't trying to defend him. He was only trying to get out the way at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. At this mm-hmm. point, that's all he was trying to do is get out the way. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of tilted his head and, and moved some. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and, and uh, you know, so the, the skinny black guy was like, okay, okay, it's, 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 so break it up, break it up. You know, that's just, just, you know, and the bus is just stopped waiting for this to, 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 to finish. Yeah. For her to get off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're just all sitting around looking, watching. Right. And so she, she, Stops for a second, and then she decides to start swinging on him again. Mm. 
Like the best accident ever. Serendipity. Yeah. Serendipity sound effects. That's awesome. So, so so this time, dude is by now he's he's mad now. Yeah. yeah. He's pissed off because he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. He he never did anything to begin with. Mm-hmm. He never tried to swing on her or whatever. And now he's basically being held so he can be a target. Mm-hmm. And he's getting whooped up on. Mm-hmm. And so now he he kind of reaches over dude to try to get at homegirl a little mm-hmm. bit. And some random uh, random nigga uh, mm-hmm. uh, over towards the back says, Hey, 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 mm-hmm. uh, don't, don't be doing that. And everybody's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the whole rest of the bus was yeah. like, shut up. Because like dude wasn't doing anything. Right, right. You know. And uh, you you hit no female, or whatever. He was like, no, that dude gave her every opportunity to mm-hmm. get the fuck off the bus and to leave him alone. Mm-hmm. And at this point, nobody is mad at him for trying not to get hit anymore mm-hmm. and to you know yeah, get her to defend himself. right to defend himself. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, but and then well, you know, she and everybody was like, nah, 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 nah. I don't know if you saw what happened, whatever. But the late, she's way in the wrong, whatever. And these are like a lot of older black people that mm-hmm. were standing up for mm-hmm. for the Mexican guy. Mm-hmm. And so then um, he goes, well, you know, she probably ain't, she's probably crazy or something. And he was like, you know, everybody was like, well, yeah, but that's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> like, she's crazy. She, he got to just sit there and get, it, get yeah. his ass whooped, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So we was like, yeah, we know she's probably crazy, but, you know, that ain't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why we ain't jumping in. Right. So she finally gets off the bus mm-hmm. and, you know, everything kind of calms down, whatever. And the, the sweet little older lady that's sitting next to me, she goes, Oh, I'm glad she didn't do anything when I was here because I would have whooped her ass. <laughs> she would have. <laughs> awesome. She was like, I would have had to whoop her ass. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have Ooh, you leave s- it to an old black yeah, you know? <laughs> Always have the right thing to say. Oh, crazy. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that viral video that takes place on a New York subway? Mm-hmm. Yo, you've seen that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know where the guy slaps the hell out of that girl? Yeah, after, well, after, after she after, was, like, yeah. you know, he's like, she's like in his face mm-hmm. and yelling at him, and he walks away. Right, 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 yeah. And then she follows him and st- gets in his face some more. Yeah, slapping him upside fi- his head and, and stuff. And finally she hits him, and then he just, he retaliated. Yeah. 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 So, okay, but let's focus on the important part of this story. <laughs> <The> crack. <laughs> <laughs> so it just reminded me. Did you guys hear the story this week about Scott Storch? And do you know who Scott Storch is? I don't. Okay. The name sounds familiar. He's a huge. Well, he was a record producer. A, or yeah, something? huge record yeah. producer. Oh, okay. I mean, he produced "Still Dre" by you know Dr. Dre. Oh, okay. He produced you know songs by Beyonce, mm-hmm. Chris Brown, R. Mm-hmm. Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, he did "Lean Back." Mm-hmm. Lean back. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Right. So anyway, so he. Apparently, a few years back, he was on record as being worth $70 million, whatever, give or take, mm-hmm. right? So this week, apparently, he filed in bankruptcy court for, well, bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And saying that he had essentially like $4,000 in the assets, 3000 of which was a watch. And wow. And $100 in cash. And in part, I guess part of the bankruptcy filing or mm-hmm. whatever, the supporting documentation, mm-hmm. he states that he spent... $30 million in drugs wow, okay. over a six-month period. Wow. Right, right. That, so, so I don't really give a fuck about Scott Storch or his sad morality mm-hmm. tale. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to know what does thirty million dollars worth of drugs look like? <laughs> like I really that was the only thing I could think of. Like my mind couldn't even like is that that sounds like some cartel shit. Right. Yeah. Well for you know you know some drug dealer is retired and yeah. chilling right now. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But I mean is that like a warehouse of drugs? Is that a big room? Yeah. Is that, that, yeah, I know so what you mean. Is that drugs and hookers? Like what what all is in that combo meal deal pack? Right. right? right. Like, how, I don't, how big of a truck does right. it take to hold all of that? Thirty million dollars worth of drugs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And why didn't we get invited to that party? <laughs> Because it went on for six months. <laughs> Jesus. You would have thought we could have gotten at least one invite. But anyway. Wow. So, good luck, Scott. Mm-hmm. $70 million. Can you imagine? That's crazy. I kind of want to kick him myself. <laughs> wow. Man. Wow. It's bad enough to spend that kind of money and still, when you have that kind of money to spend, like mm-hmm. in... You know, like you still rich. Yeah, it's bad enough well, to, like, to waste it like that. Then, but then, well, there, yeah, there's MC Hammer bankruptcy where you have a lot of money, but you just in debt right. to in, with a lot more. Right, right. But then just to then you know, he literally sucked it all. Spend all the money you got. Right. You spend it all on that, and then you have nothing to show nothing. for. <laughs> That's crazy. Nothing. Wow. It, I mean, if he did that much drugs, he's really lucky that he's alive. Like, yeah. to be real. <laughs> it just reminds me of like the Chris Rock. Joke. He always says, like, a crack pipe is a miraculous thing. He's like, no matter how much money you have, it all can fit inside <laughs> of <laughs> All of it. <laughs> it's a miracle. Abracadabra. Yeah. Crazy. Ooh, yeah, it is crazy. Mm. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, and then what else go up with me this week? Oh, I did the, um, we did our first recording of, uh, Light skin matters, mm-hmm. so that that turned out pretty good. It's not uh, it's not out yet, but it will be out soon. So uh, what's on the light skin agenda these look, days? Look for that. Um, you know, it was I was surprised that it turned out to even though we kind of did it like tongue in cheek was mm-hmm. the the mindset of mm-hmm. it, and uh, we had a lot of uh, you know silliness on the agenda, mm-hmm. but it got real. Mm-hmm. It got real, and we ended up talking about some real shit, some real some real feelings, some real issues. You know, real mm. topics. So it's a nice balance of uh, silly shit and real shit. Mm. So I think uh, people, you know, to, to wonder what it's like to to walk in these light skin shoes. <coughs> you know, go ahead and tune in. <laughs> you know what it's yeah. like. Well, never judge a light skin <laughs> unless you walked a mile in his light skin shoes. <laughs> oh, awesome! We now I can live vicariously as a light bright. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's what I've always wanted since I can't pass. Yeah. Well, we talk about that too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you, yeah. So, uh, if you guys are in a hurry to hear that, it'll be out on my, my, uh, my light skin brothers by other mothers. It'll be out on their networks faster than mine. You know, it'll be out on our, on here, on Red Rock in probably like two weeks or so. Um, let's see, next week we got the, so yeah, probably about two, two or three weeks it'll be out. Mm hmm. Um, Ooh, the suspense killing me. Yeah, okay, Charlie Bill. Whatever. Make fun all you want. I'm not making fun. I'm serious. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know I like you all light skinned dudes. Come on. <laughs> now, this, this, this podcast is for Asians, right? <laughs> it's for anybody. Oh, yeah, okay. It's for everybody. But uh, all right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to come back with our interviewees. 
This is Be Honest of the No Nonsense Show, and when I'm in Cali, I kick it with the homies Dino Red, Charlie Bell, and Weasel of the Shiznit Show. Yo, Dino, us light-skinned niggas on the way back, man. Hashtag Barack Obama said nigga. Hashtag Team Lightskin. Hashtag Lightskin Matters. The Shiznit. So we have R&B dance king, New Cupid. Give it up. What's up, what's up? Hello, sir. How's it going? I'm good, man. Just moving around. Uh, staying busy, boss. All right, cool. Glad to have you here on the show. Um, my first question, are you, do you go by, is it Cupid or New Cupid? Because sometimes I the see man. Cupid is my, my stage name, of course, legally, but then New Cupid, I, I use that for Google purposes. Because if you just Google Cupid, then the little man with the pampers will come on. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're going to be able to find me. I'll, I'll be the last thing on the search. Right. I took those pictures a long time ago. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> okay, man. So, um, let me ask you this, and please don't, don't, um, don't take this as an insult. I, I don't mean it to be one, and I'm not trying to come at you that way. But just, how does it feel? Okay, well, let me let me break it down like this: when your when your PR, um, when Chelsea, when we were talking, and she was telling me about her clients that uh, would be good for the show or who she wanted to come on, and she mentioned me mm-hmm. Cupid, and I was like, oh, okay. She was like, you know, Cupid, he was the big dance thing or whatever, and this and that, and and. I, I didn't know. I didn't know the name. The name didn't ring any bells, and I just kind of like, but I didn't want to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know who that is, like I was an amateur or something. So I just kind of shined, shined, shined her on a little bit, but not really. Yeah. And, and yeah. But, but finally, I was like, who is this Cupid dude? And so I Googled you, and then as soon as the, the, the Cupid Shuffle came up, I knew exactly, you know, I knew that song because that's like an anthem. That's like a barbecue, yeah. black barbecue, you know, wedding a reception it's an it's a straight up anthem and for years it has been you know so i was like oh i know this dude but i thought uh, this song is huge love this song it's a great song um it's it's fun everybody knows it but i thought it was really weird that i didn't know your name and then i started to ask around and you know what everybody knows your song and who what the song and the dance but people don't know your name like you in connection to the the song like in your name is all through the song you know so once yeah. once i knew who you were and i listened to the song i'm like he's, his name is all through it so what, yeah. what what do you think the disconnect is or what's going on with that it, it's probably because of the kind of music i do you know uh, when i started singing man i've always i'm a blues singer you know i've been singing with sos band lakeside mm. mel waiters marvin c's so I think the disconnect is the fact that the song was so big, it crossed over into the hip-hop world, mm-hmm. but I'm not a hip-hop artist. Right, right. You know, like in the hip-hop world, you know, the fans of hip-hop really keep up with the who's a hot new rapper, who's a hot new singer, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But for me, being in the blues and, and, and world and that, that side of the globe, 
the fans who are fans of that side of music know exactly who I am and stuff like that. It's just it's just a disconnect because the song was so big and it crossed over so many genres that the people who follow those genres, they, you know, they, I'm not that type of artist, you know? Right. Yeah, and the song is huge, or was, well, no, not even was. It still is huge. You like you you gotten Guinness Guinness Book of World Records and stuff with this song, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's still, man. You know, right now it's still like iTunes top two hundred, man. We're doing like three thousand to five thousand downloads a week still, and it's wow. crazy. Wow, it's just crazy, man. But um, you know, it's just a testament to like having just good music. I guess like a great song that just doesn't have any genre or doesn't have like a specific lane that is in. It's just like you know the, the, the country folk listen to it. The, the the Chinese folk listen to it. They're on the cruise ship listening to it. The thugs in the hood, boozy mama. That's one of her favorite songs. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. That's my girl, man. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, all my homies in Louisiana, like you know, you know, it's just one of them records that everybody rock with. You know. Right. Right. Okay. I got you. Um, do you think anything? Do you think the way that music the industry is and the way things are marketing the fact that we don't really have like back in the day you know this song would have been all over bet and uh the box or or uh mtv or any any kind of yeah any kind of music station that we had back in the day this song would have been on there all day every day until we was all sick of it probably (laughs) but there's there isn't that anymore not really so because like your video I'd never, you know, I'd never seen your video, you know, until you were booked to come on the show. And then I, you know, did this, the YouTube search. Now that there's no videos or at least not the same kind of, uh, you know, same kind of vehicle for for um, videos that it used to be. Do you think that has a lot to do with like what you're going through as far as people knowing your music, but then not necessarily knowing who you are, you know, separate from your music? Well, what I think it is, man, now, is it evens the playing field. Like, in real life, man, you got a lot of artists that's not on TV a lot that's getting way more money and book more often than a lot of cats that is on television. The, the few times that there is opportunities for, you know, TV, you know, people to be on TV. It's just, nowadays, you don't get the heavily saturate, saturated fake records. Mm-hmm. I used to call them that because it was like, okay, if you've seen a record that was number one on BET, sometimes... They have videos number one on 106 in part that I never heard the record ever. Right. And you had a video number one. Right. And so we all, we all know how it became number one. So now, in order for you to, to get money and live and do this thing for real, you got to get out there. You got to grind, but you got to be accepted by the people. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about the teaching no more. So, like, I perform in every 50 states across the country year-round, and it's not because of the gen- the vehicle. You know what I mean? It's because... People who do their homework and go on YouTube and check out what's going on, they book me because of one, they know I have a great show, and two, they know you know the substance of who I am. So I guess nowadays it evens the playing field because now you don't have these guys who a record company signed, they play their video a million times and they're a star and they don't have no talent. Right. Like now, like those cats are in and out so quick. They not doing no shows. They selling tennis shoes now. Or who knows what they doing now? <laughs> who every week in and out doing their thing just because you know they built their own audience and like and able to grind so it made it even man i know the record company gotta be sick about it right now because they can't cheat no more mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well that's an interesting uh take on it i don't think i've ever heard that 
an, an artist with that point of view. But uh, yeah, I like that. Um, was uh, was Cupid Shuffle your first single, or what was your first single? Not man. Um, I had been singing. Uh, I had I had three records out. I, I did before Cupid Shuffle, but okay. again, they were all like on the blues kind of vibe. And then when I did Cupid Shuffle in two, which was way in two thousand six, mm-hmm. um, I got signed in oh seven. It was just a local Louisiana record that was doing well. It started spreading. And look, man, I'm I'm writing songs about the beauty of life. I'm mm-hmm. writing songs about the circumference of the world. You make you make stuff. you make grown people music. <laughs> but, but what's crazy is when I did a song about direction, it worked because I had never did a line there before ever. And man, I got a call from Atlantic, and I'm like, "Y'all want to sign this record?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Yeah, you know, it's taking over. It's all over." So, I, you know, <laughs> that was my first national record was Cupid Shelf, man. Okay. Okay. So, um, tell us what do, what are you uh, what are you working on now? What's what's what uh, what are you trying to promote, and what's going on with you these days? I oh, man, I got a, a new record I just dropped called Dance Fever. It's uh, thirteen cuts on it. Um, see, I got Mia X on there. I got Mystical on there. I got um, uh, Colin Park on there, and um, we just been just moving around uh, with my band and stuff and just touring and just staying busy. Um, I just came off the tour with Nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. I just came off tour with him for his uh, People Inside My Head tour. And uh, we actually, I just got where we picking up a second leg. So I'll be doing that and just working, man, just doing these festivals, doing these big events um, and putting out this music. Uh, Wham Dance, which is one of my records with Mystical, right. is doing really well in the in the streets. And um, I, I'm, I'm a te- I got a little secret that me, Raheem Devon, and Mystical got a record that we're going to be dropping in a couple of months that's, like, off the charts. Because you know what's crazy, man, is I'm getting hit up by a lot of these national artists now, and the first thing they say is, hey, man, we trying to get a stepping record, or we trying to get a line dance record. So, like, it's crazy to me that I done got hit up by Tank. I done got hit up by, um, by, by Silk. I done got hit up by all these people, like, that I'm like, I want dance records. Um, so, <laughs> man, it's cool because I think they starting to see how organic and organically strong it is. So, um, those are the things I'm working on right now, man. Is my project Dance Fever is on iTunes and um, Google Play, Amazon, and just trying to put out some good music, bro. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: How many dance songs do you have? Because you got a lot. Oh man, <laughs> I, I got like a, I got like eleven. Eleven. <laughs> I got about eleven of them. I got. Cupid Shuffle, Love Slide, Do It With Your Boots On, Go Ahead Baby, that's the one Colin Park produced. The Wham Dance with Mystical. Right. Um, the Shuffle with Nephew Tommy. Um, the Dade County Dip with Flo Rida and, uh, and uh, DJ Tight was one of their guys. Okay. I got a few of them everywhere, man. But you know what's crazy, dog? Hmm. If I remade Amazing Grace, you know people would walk up to me and say, how the dance go? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, I, I, I'm curious. Um, you, you said that uh, you're you're uh, you're into the blues. Uh, do you uh, do you release like uh, do you do like Prince? Prince releases a, a, a rock record and he'll release a an R and B record at the same time. Do you release like a a dance record and, and a blues record at the same time? Do I do, bro? And you know, you know, man, like everybody got a relative that live down south. <laughs> at least one yeah, got one and you know it'll be they'll perform in the high school gym with no air condition on with some, <laughs> some chicken and some 
Tennessee on the table, and it'll be about 2,000 people in the high school gym listening to some artists that you never heard of in your life. <laughs> and so every time I do a record that I want to tr- attempt to try to be mainstream, I got to have some kind of like real down-home version to it to bring it down. Kind of like how in D.C., there's, like, there's a Google record to every single popular song in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, you know what I mean? It's like I'll take a ver—I have to do a, a, a bluesy version to everything because the grown, the old people don't—they don't, don't want to hear no a, a, anything with a BPM over ninety-eight is rap to them. So I gotta slow it down for them, bro. <laughs> for our listeners out there who may not know, B, BPM means beats per minute. So <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. And you mentioned uh, nephew Tommy from Steve Harvey show a while back ago. Um, now you, you have a record with him too, right? Yeah, man. He has an alter ego character named oatmeal. who's a gangster rapper. <laughs> and, and he called me up. And when he called me, I swear to God, I thought he was prank calling me. Right. Um, the record. And so we, we did that record and Steve and uh, Rashawn heard the record, which is Steve's manager. And they were like, you know, y'all need to do that record on tour when Tommy goes on tour. So we did his first leg of the tour, man. It was me, Tom, nephew Tommy, Tony Roberts, um, Junior from the show, and uh, Prescott Gilliam. And uh, we did pretty good, man. But it's just another line dance record with a crazy video that we shot um, in Houston. And, um, you know, the hood like it, man, especially the line dancers and the steppers, man. So well, that one's kind of getting a little traction as well. Well, we, we got that one here. So we're going to go ahead and play that, and then we're going to get back with you uh, after it's over and finish up this interview, okay? I'm good, brother. Get toe up, you know the real one time with a cha cha y'all. Two times when they wobble with it. 
Tommy, aka Oatmeal. <laughs> Lowers your cholesterol while you dance. <laughs> Tearing up the dance flow. <laughs> Man, I like that. It's it's uh, you know what I have to say that there's out of uh and I wouldn't be saying this if I if I didn't really think it, but out of all these little um these uh line dance type songs, you know, that they got the wobble and all that stuff, I definitely like yours the best. I definitely like yours the best. I like I like the music. I like the lyrics. I like yours the best. Oh, another another video that I seen of yours, I had seen of yours and did not know it was you, was uh, old school. Old school kind of went viral like a year or two ago on Facebook. Hey, bro, I'm gonna tell y'all this. That's my secret weapon. Like, we got a video for that, but I don't want to release it until like. I get back famous, er. That record is something serious, man. Everywhere I perform that record, the crowd goes crazy. So we just been kind of um, holding on to that one. But it did go viral, man. We shot a video in the park. Right. It was me, white guy, that was just in the park that day. Random white dude. Okay, cool. (laughs) RWD. And random white guy always with you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow. Okay, man. Um. Well, hey, man. Thanks for uh coming by and chopping it up with us. And uh, we're glad to have you. And, you know, you got to come back again. And, you know, whenever you ha- need something promoted or whatever, you know, come back through, man. Let us know. We'll be glad to uh, play your stuff. Listen, the blessing of this is, man, the fact that I thank you, man, because I appreciate just like you may have been in question with some of the stuff like what I do, man. Your listeners, hopefully, you know, they can go on Instagram and go on Twitter and stuff and start looking up some of the new stuff and, and, and kind of peeping it out. So I appreciate the platform tell everybody about all the good stuff that yeah, that's going on man so i really appreciate this dude oh no problem brother no problem glad yeah, to have you sure. all right well uh take care and we'll talk to you again man be blessed over there now all right you too all right, thanks a lot man and we're back and we have another guest for you guys today we're doing it big for you today at the in the shiznit studio uh we have filmmaker tamarat mcconan what's going on guys hey what's up man thanks for having me hey no problem sir thank you for uh thank you for being here we appreciate it our pleasure most definitely our pleasure and uh so tamarat let's let's start from the beginning uh where are you from and uh what 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 got you into being a filmmaker? 
Uh, I'm originally from New York, and um, I, you know what, I, I've always been sort of a, a daydreamer, so um, film seemed to be the natural transition as I, as I, you know, became an adolescent. Uh, I've always been interested in storytelling. I've always had a vid- vivid imagination. Um, and so what, what better way to, to you know, um, utilize those tools uh, than um, in film? Okay. Well, hmm. we kind of uh, kindred spirits because uh, in another life, I, I would have I been a filmmaker. <laughs> in another life, yeah. Why not this life? Well, well in this life, uh, I'm not a filmmaker, but I play one on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually a film watcher. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We're all filmmakers in our mind. <laughs> so, um, now, documentaries. Now, is that something that you always wanted to do, or is that something that you fell into, or do you do other other things besides documentaries? Well, I. I yeah, document. Well, I, I really, I, I don't have any kind of box when it comes to filmmaking. Okay. Um, you know, I, I kind of uh, started my professional career directing music videos um, for hip hop artists, um, Boogie Monsters, Dead Prez, The Who Riders, just oh, okay. Underground hip hop artists. No, those not all underground, man. We heard every one of those groups you just named. Don't don't play yourself short. You you make it sound like you was out here doing it for uh doing videos for Pookie and them. Yeah, a little man man over on on 18th Street. No, man, you did some some stuff for some some uh you know established artists that uh we actually probably have seen the videos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. when I use the word underground, I just mean in, in the sense of not mainstream. But yeah, but you, you you've seen them, their work and. Um, and yours. <laughs> mine, yes. Right. Um, so that's that was the professional start of my career, um, directing music videos, um, and um, and then uh, transition to uh, feature films and, and documentaries. Um, for me, it was it was a natural transition. You know, I always that was always the the end game. You know, was to, mm-hmm. to do movies. Um, so I, I got one under my belt, a narrative. Um, uh, psychological thriller drama called um, Dreams and Shadows. Okay. And um, stars um, uh, an up and coming actor named Sean Colin Young and the um, and James Russo, who um, who's been in a bunch of films. He's a character actor. He's been in Donnie Brasco and Django Unchained and um, a bunch of movies. So, um, then you know now we're here with the documentary In Search of the Black Knight. Right, in search of the Black Knight. So, what was the inspiration for this movie, this documentary? Um, just that, uh, you know, it's it's, it's a conversational piece. Mm, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of us have been in conversations about the current state of black relationships. Mm-hmm. In you know, I'm pretty sure everybody at some point has mm-hmm. had that conversation about what's missing, what we need more of, you know, is, is, are the sisters lacking, are the brothers lacking, is the, is the shortage true? Mm-hmm. Now, um, now, full disclosure, yeah. are you in a black relationship? I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I'm in a black relationship with a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no judgment here. <laughs> Tell Rachel we said hello. 
she's my she's my coffee mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually am in a black relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't discriminate. You know, in the past, I'm in a I'm in a committed, settled down relationship at the moment. But mm-hmm. in the past, you know, I mean, I've, no discrimination here. But mm-hmm. the but the um, documentary is about the current state of black relationships and um, the issues that, um, in particular, women face mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. find the the right mate. Now, were you single when you started this movie? Or? I was. Okay. Yeah, I was single at the time when I was making the film. Okay, that's interesting. Did, did, you, did you find your, your woman making this movie? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, for me, you know, it was, it was a, kind of like a... It, it, I knew that this was a documentary that would, you know, that would hit home for many people. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think we all know folks who, you know, have have been looking and haven't been able to find the right person in their lives for whatever reason. Charlie Bell. Um, <laughs> and, 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 Right, 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 right. In particular, professional black women. Charlie Bell. With a humorous, with a humorous perspective, you know, yeah. the, the film is 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 poking fun at. It's it has satire, mm-hmm. um, although there there are some elements of it that are um, that are serious as well. Right, you know, we try to <laughs> intertwine the humor and um, and make it um, something that would be more digestible. Now, see, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> Jinx. Uh, no, uh, I I I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. I'm not going to give anything away, but the uh, to see some of the characters on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to describe what's up. Uh, uh, what, tells you everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All over the map. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what what one uh, one one scene you had with uh, with uh, a posthumous super, superstar uh, explaining the relationship problems, and, and you got down and danced with them. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually laughed out loud when I saw that. Yeah, man, that, that was always our, you know our goal is to mm-hmm. like you know if we if we would have made like a really heavy documentary mm-hmm. that was too serious, people would have watched it once and mm-hmm. you know maybe never watched it again, but. You know, with this kind of film, you kind of tell your friends about it. You might want to grab a bottle of wine and watch it with your with your friends, some couples, some girlfriends, some you know, man friends. You know, it's the kind of kind of documentary that sparks conversation, and that's what we want to do. Yeah, I feel like if I made a documentary about this subject, it would have been a lot like this film because the way that you wove the comedy in there while so it was it was serious but then you know you had the little vignettes and the different comedy uh and the different comedians whatever who also who lightened it but at the same time it didn't detract from the seriousness of the of the matter i thought that was really good i really liked that and i thought it was very unique and uh i could just see that you know being something because i try to infuse comedy into everything I do. I mean, you know, this show, my mom's funeral, whatever, you know. (laughs) He was was a funny motherfucker during the funeral. (laughs) You know, five minutes, man. He killed killed at the funeral. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) See what I can put up with? This is why I'm still single. He did did it at the right place, though. (laughs) Didn't have far to go. (laughs) So in the process of making the film, you were single then. You're in a relationship now. 
by talking to all these different women across the country, did that change your perspective or did that inform your own like personal relationship uh, process? You know, I, I think that it, it helped to, it, it allowed me to understand that um, we're not a monolithic people. You know, mm-hmm. There's a lot of different, you know, perspectives on this, you know, and you can easily think that, you know, from the surface that, you know, sisters just bitter and mad and can't find the right man. And I think a lot of sisters get a bad rap for that because it's not the case, you know. And, you know, when we were out there um, meeting people and interviewing people and and shooting this this, this film, you know, we realized that, you know, a lot of people have a really, you know, kind of a a funny take on, on this topic, you know, on a topic that, you know, in many instances can be, you know, quite heavy, you know, so it was, it was kind of refreshing to see, you know, um, people take the, the humorous approach at, you know, how they feel about it. One of the one of the things that uh, I, I found interesting about the film, you know, while specifically it's about the dynamics of uh, 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 black-on-black relationships, I think a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of the problems between men and women uh, that were discussed in your documentary have a universal appeal. Uh, I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff in there about you know just the take of living in the modern world. You know, um, you know a lot. You know, uh, women are out there making money, and you know, does that does that how does that affect men? How do men feel about that? I mean, those are those are broad questions that you know as as we've evolved as a society that that's uh, I, I think anyone would be interested in uh, the you know interested in hearing. Um, um, uh, interested in hearing what other people have to say about, you know, problems I think that affect everyone. Exactly. Whites, Asians, Latinos, you should see the movie too. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do feel it's a universal topic, you know, mm-hmm. though it's specific to black people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, is, it is universal. And anyone can, can, can appreciate it and mm-hmm. relate. Yeah, actually, I have a little, uh, just a little clip that I'm going to play from it. And this this is one part of the film that I'm particularly uh, fond of. And uh, afterwards, I'll explain to you why. Qualities that women are looking for when considering oh. a man eligible. Qualities women look for when considering a man are financial stability, number one. Um, sense of humor. Swag. Black women look for swag. Yes, certainly I do want him to be employed. <laughs> That'd be nice. Job, car, house, no kids. Someone who is stable, financially stable, mentally stable, someone that doesn't bring a lot of baggage to the table. I would say that your standards may have to be revised. What do you think is important? Does he have to have a swagger? You know, that may not be as important as the way he treats you. That right there. So a lot of black women may need to make the shift between what looks good and what feels exciting and what mm. is sustainable, okay, and what is real and solid. Fellas, you got to know that every intelligent woman wants an intelligent man, someone who's focused and business-minded, a sharp dresser that knows how to chop it up with the corporate bigwigs. But for some women, that's not enough. For some women, they need more than just the smarts, more than just the business savvy. They need a thug. <laughs> wow. That's so deep. 
<laughs> That's so deep. I'll try to explain what the listeners probably were trying to figure out. That it start that starts off with street interviews. Um, where we would just kind of run and gun and, and interview people from all walks of life and get their perspective. And then it transitioned into um, a sketch um, that we did um, that you you could call, you know, um, businessman versus thug. You know, <laughs> it's just basically, you know, kind of giving you the perspectives of both sides. You know, some women like the thug, some like the businessman, and why. And then there's those women who want both in the same man that's the part that i'm find find particularly interesting because uh as as my my uh our regular listeners on this show know we've talked about here that uh that dino red has his own theory on the on the uh on the matter which is he's term uh coined the term gentleman thug theory <laughs> which is that is the um exact thing that was uh shown there in your in your film, and uh, basically, it's the the female version of the Madonna horror complex that us men have. <laughs> you know, is where you want the contradictory, uh, two contradictory personalities within one person. You know, it's it's the industry freaking shit. Right, right, right. So, and uh, yeah, so I, I I really like that. Appreciate it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I want to know. Um, did you find the gentleman thug? Did you find that uh, more common among your younger interviewers, or did you, uh, or and as they aged, the thug, the swag guy, that, that did that become less important, or was it was it universally the same? Um, well, I. Yeah, well, what way, was the age? Well, first of all, yeah. what was the age range of women that you talked to? All ages. <laughs> um, you know, I, but I. You know, I mean, we didn't we didn't go under say like twenty five. Most mm-hmm. most of the women were mm-hmm. probably in their twenties and thirties. Some in their, mm-hmm. in their early forties mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Um, but uh, the perspective was more along the lines of what the woman wants. You know, right? Is the is the tough guy what she needs? Is the guy with the edge? You know, um, as some women use as far as the term is you know as opposed to using the word thug they might say you know you know i want a guy with edge i want mm-hmm. him to have more edge um you know or is it the you know some would say the square you know mm-hmm. the, 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 the nice guy you know mm-hmm. what is it that you like and mm-hmm. i think that um you know from 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 the interviews you know as as the sister gets older the edge the excitement the thug quote-unquote is less important mm-hmm. you know that's something that more of a younger a younger um woman would probably be more interested in mm-hmm. but you will still find those sisters who need that brother with some edge mm-hmm. you know so it's like okay okay you want that edge but do you want what comes with right? it <laughs> but right. at what cost right yeah. exactly <laughs> that cost? edge does not come in a vacuum you know, there's a fine line. It's a bouncing act, and you know, right. you know, it's. I, I think that you know, for many women, they they find that that's hard to find a guy who has both of those qualities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's another one of the universal uh, aspects of this. Because you know, and, you know, if you listen mm-hmm. to mainstream society, it's like basically say, oh, you know, women all they, they love assholes, you the know? bad boy. Yeah, they like the bad boy. That's yeah. the common term. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I, I think, I think it's, 
I think it's like uh, I think sometimes people mistake bad boys or, or thugs or whatever. Uh, women you know, are turned on by the power that they they sort of exhibit, and I think I think they mistake the the rough edges for uh, someone who has power. And I think uh, sometimes that's where they make a mistake and they end up uh, with someone who doesn't treat them right. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Henry Kissinger did say that power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if he was getting laid. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then that, you have to ask the question, what is power? You know? mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the brother who's, a, you know, a dentist, mm-hmm. you know, a doctor, mm-hmm. a lawyer, mm-hmm. who's, who's, who's quote-unquote square. Yeah. And doesn't you know display any of the quote unquote thug qualities? You know, qualities. Yeah. Um, but he's powerful. Can be yeah. powerful. Yeah. He's powerful. Right. So I mean, you know, he's he's more powerful. He can move way more mm-hmm. than the brother who's quote unquote the thug. Right. Yeah. Well, so that's who's, who's really the tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. Got the power. Well, that's a good point. It's, it's perspective. Really. That's why I think uh, you know. At, as men, we can sit here and, and speculate what why women do what they do, but it, when it comes down to it, it's just speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my I, I uh, hypothesize that it's more about the excitement of it mm-hmm. yeah. than than the power or whatever. Uh, I think that might be you know an aspect of it, but I think it's just the, the pure excitement and adrenaline of it of yeah. being with the guy who's not a square. And that's and I think that's that's universal. That's not yeah. Just- Oh no, that's definitely yeah. definitely universal. You know, back in the days, you know, the the father would you know tell his daughter, you know, um, don't date that you know that that greasy Fonzie looking. Yeah, yep. Don't you bring him home? Mm-mm. No. You know, you need to date Richie with his woes and A's and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> you date that guy. A mouth on that kid. Yeah. <laughs> and as we all know, the more you tell someone don't do it, that's the first thing they do. You know, mm-hmm. she's jumping right out the window and onto Fonzie's bike. That's right. It wasn't until this moment that I realized what Fonzie meant when he said, "Sit on it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his bike is a euphemism for his penis. <laughs> for those of you who didn't catch the subtle, thanks, thanks for the literal breakdown, Dino. <laughs> Make it plain. <laughs> so uh, now let's let's tell people where they can find this movie. Where well, can they get it? The film, you know. Um, did we we screened all over the country at uh, various film festivals and um, you know won some awards for best documentary and oh uh, congrats thank you yeah we, we did thank you. We did really well um, and um, and now the film is available um, you know for purchases you can take it home it's on DVD it's on digital um, download you know it's you know, streaming you can rent it you can digitally purchase it. And again, that's called uh, it's called in search of in search of the black black night. In search of the black night, and it's um, it's as of now it's at um, Amazon and Vimeo. Okay, yeah. there you go. It's right there. All right, and what about you? You want to give out your contact information if yeah, anybody wants to? Me on Twitter at uh, at Tamarat McConan. That's my full name: T A M A R A T M A K O N N E N. Or Instagram, same thing. Okay. Are you going to do a follow-up documentary from the men's perspective? We've thought about it. 
we've thought about it. Um, we'll see. You know, it really just depends on you know um, the feedback. Because the film just released. You know, okay. So we'll see what the feedback is, right. and um, you know, that'll determine if we decide to do a part two. Cool. If you need a merry man's perspective, uh, <laughs> I, I know one opinionated uh, black merry man that uh, would be glad to lend his his voice. <laughs> but you don't want black women throwing tomatoes at your movie. So <laughs> be careful. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> now, what what about? Do you have any uh, projects on the horizon? Work- yeah, I'm developing a couple of a couple of projects um, as we speak. Um, various stages of development. So, okay. Hopefully, um, you know, we'll be able to come back to your show soon. I was just about to say, yes, you're more than welcome to come back anytime to plug anything you have, my brother. Thanks. Thank you so much for uh, for coming by. And also, uh, let me give a big shout out and a big thank you to uh, your cousin Cicero. Yes, sir. Who, uh, who put us together, hooked this all up. That's right. Um, he's uh, my, my uh, bi- um, BPU podcast brother. So uh, shout out to Cicero and uh, uh, Spawn on me. That's right, Spawn out, Spawn on me. Good looking out, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for the connect. Good looking, sis. <laughs> that's right. All right, man. Well, um, again, thanks again for dropping by. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right.
All right, and we're back. Now it's about time for us to get into these topics. News and noteworthy. The shiznit. So the big news of the week, um, SCOTUS. SCOTUS uh, came correct, and we have now joined, what was it, Ireland was the... Ireland, Canada. Ireland, Ireland uh, was one of the. Uh, well, I think they were the first. Cat, they were the first Catholic nation. First Catholic nation, okay. And so I guess we're not like our first anything. We no, just no. finally got on board. Yeah, we're, we're the first we're, American nation. <laughs> no, not even Canada was first. Yeah, the North North American. Canada doesn't count. We couldn't even be the first on the continent, right? We're not the first anything. We just finally got on board. We so the late freight. So yeah, give it up for uh, for the uh, Supreme Court justice um, granting the right to our our alphabet soup community to <laughs> to marry one another. And divorce one another. <laughs> <laughs> to live happily and miserably ever after, just like any straight person. So, <laughs> But man, speaking of what, it just, like, it just, I mean, look, I'm happy for my LGBTQ brethren mm-hmm. and sistren, mm-hmm. but man, it's just <laughs> kind of rubbing it in my face. Like, even my gay friends are going to get married now. <laughs> I'm like, Maybe not. No, they already are. It's already starting. It's already starting. I saw the key. Oh, like, they like, don't all want to get married. No, they don't all want to get married, but I'm just saying, I'm still left behind. Yeah, we, we talked. Well, that's another thing I, I did this week. Uh, I forgot. I was also on uh, the Pennyman Doctrine. So shout out to uh, John uh, John Pennyman and, and Molly Mac, Molly McIntyre of the Pennyman Doctrine. Uh, they had me as a guest on there, and we. Yay. Yeah, we talked about uh, this, and and uh, I'm going to bring the same thing up now that I brought up then. I'm not, and again, uh, like I said on their show, not to throw shade. I just it's just uh, something that I think needs to be addressed, and I haven't heard anybody talk about it or mention it. Um, what happens to domestic partnership now? Because I feel like it kind of needs to go away. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the people who were domestic partners, they should have like a certain amount of time. Where they can go ahead and get married, mm-hmm. and once they and once they get married, then okay, they're they're married, and then if they choose not to get married, then those uh, those married privileges that they enjoy should I think be revoked. Are you talking about the Are, are you talking about the compromise for uh, gay uh, people, or is it <clears throat> d- domestic partnerships for uh, everyone? I'm talking about gays because oh, okay. they're the ones who now can be married. No, but okay. there's a lot of. Well, I think what you're referencing is that there's a lot of straight people in domestic partnerships as well, including myself at one time. Okay, so as a as a as a heterosexual domestic partnership couple, mm-hmm. you're, what does that entitle you to? Well, <clears throat> we uh, health benefits. Insurance. So the same thing the the um, gay people were were entitled to as domestic partners. Yeah. Okay. And well, I don't I don't get that. I mean, it's like the like, gay people, I get because they they could couldn't. not they could not be married. Mm-hmm. Right. So why why are why were heterosexual people entitled to domestic partner benefits if they could get married? I don't I don't understand. Because everybody doesn't want to get married. I mean, 
I I I I I would I would phrase a question like this: What's the difference between a marriage? What does a marriage have that a domestic partnership doesn't have? Right. So, I mean, I think this is actually part of the whole argument leading up to, you know, the marriage equality fight and that, you know, domestic partnership was kind of like a civil um, – a way for civil – you know, for government and, you know, to recognize a relationship, but it doesn't get all the privileges and all of the – um, it definitely doesn't have the social status of marriage. Well, right? yeah, so the, yeah, that part, part, part of the argument for marriage equality was that we need to have equal social status. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you know, domestic partnership wouldn't. Social cover. status, like, give me an example. Meaning, it's different to say my domestic partner or my boyfriend. It still socially is looked at as different than saying my husband or my wife. Mm, how can you change that? I mean, people have their opinion. You can't make somebody feel that domestic partnership is the same as marriage. No, no, no. Or that's, what equal. that's what I'm saying. Is that that's one of the reason why lgbtq still wanted to fight oh, one for marriage and not dem- okay right yeah. all right okay so, so okay i'm sorry keep on keep on explaining right so i'm just saying it's kind of a civil status it's a civil status not a not necessarily a social or religious status in the same way that marriage is now, now when you guys broke up uh was, was there legal uh, ramifications uh was, was there uh i mean not really because our mm. scenario was Cool and cordial, so we just. Well, well yeah, you know. okay, but I mean, is there like a? Are there legal? Basically, I mean, basically, basically, do you get half or of, of your stuff or? Yeah, of the assets that we had together, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be treated like a marriage. But of the things, so, so essentially, it was a marriage without it being called a marriage. Only with respect to a couple things, which were health benefits and um, health benefits, pension, and our. Our property, but those are things. But marriage actually entails way hundreds of more benefits than that. So we didn't have everything that a, a married couple can, had. Can you give me? Can you give me an example? Because I've always been curious about this, but I, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't really know. I really never knew the difference. So, for example, like we didn't have. Like if he got sick or something, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily have automatic status to make decisions on his behalf, oh, okay. or right. you yeah. know, visit him in mm-hmm. the hospital, mm-hmm. or you know, have power of attorney over his. Affairs, mm-hmm. you know, because we were just domestic partners, okay. we weren't married, mm-hmm. or you know, when we were traveling, like we had this actually fight when we would travel internationally. I'd mm-hmm. be like, "Look, it's if something happens to us, and we split up, or we mm-hmm. have to go to the embassy, mm-hmm. we don't have any status mm-hmm. in France, you know, mm-hmm. or in Jamaica, mm-hmm. like um, you know, husband and wife do, right, right, but we didn't. Yes. So I mean, there's a, a lot of variety well, of that's things. A good, that's a good that, example. You know. Yeah. Okay, now let me ask you this: What is your feeling towards that? Because some people. Like John and Molly, they basically want to be able to have it be no difference. I mean, except for it, it, it's like this. I feel like they want their cake and eat it too. They they want all the pluses of marriage, but without any of the minuses. They don't want the red tape. They don't want that stuff. They they don't want to. You know, they're opposed to marriage, but they still want to be able to. You know, oh okay, if he's in the hospital, be you know have power. They they you know what I'm saying. They want it. They want it all. And I'm like, you can't do that because <laughs> that's marriage. If you want well, that, the then da- get married. Right. You know, if you want that, then get married. You know, so uh, which and they conceded that that I was right and made sense and that mm-hmm. they really couldn't articulate how to make it, you know, fair or acceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. But they just know they don't they don't want to be married, but they do want all, <laughs> all that well, comes with it. Well, yeah, look, I think that. I'm sorry, did you, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with Dino. I, I don't understand why people want to live as married and basically have everything because except- there's because like marriage 
like well, like anything else in life, there are good, there are pros and cons. Yeah, yeah. They want the pros and don't want the cons. Yeah, yeah. And so that's is that simple, really? Mm-hmm. Well, not all of them, but you know, mm-hmm. some of them. It's not that simple because there's still a lot of the cons are still involved with domestic partnership. I mean, look to me. <laughs> what <laughs> he's doing a rap of cons. Oh my god! My freaking co-hosts are. And nerds. you're supposed to be a. Uh, you're co-hosts supposed, are fucking nerds. You're supposed to be a star, a star, a Star Trek nerd too. You dressed up like uh-huh. Lieutenant Uhura. Yeah. I got that picture <laughs> in my spank bank. Yeah. Oh, delete, 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 delete. I mean, I'm not. I'm not so much a star. Beam me up, Scott. <laughs> I'm not a Star Trek nerd, just as much as I am a major fan. An admirer of Uhuru, the first black woman in space. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and our, Just an excuse to wear a sexy miniskirt. <laughs> no, she was a... <laughs> and go-go boots. No. She was, a, she was a one of our foremothers. Uh, anyway. Okay, so anyway, go ahead. Luther King but, no, made I her think, stay Uhura. I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Although I do think that... Um, the, the 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 Supreme Court decision and just kind of the way that society is changing overall. I think it's better. The more options we have, the better. I mean, everyone doesn't want to get married. I think the less social pressure that there is for people to have to get married, but to still be able to handle their business in a in a business like fashion. I mean, a lot of the things that you get from domestic partnership, people were already doing, but they would have to go to a lawyer, pay a lawyer to draw right. up a contract, right. and you know specify all these things out. So I think that it's. I think it's just. A practicality. You know, I think that there's nothing wrong with providing a practical means of handling your business for people who don't want to get married. Everybody doesn't want to get married. Well, it's funny because I I never really thought about this topic. It just kind of popped in my head when I was doing the Pennyman show and we started talking about it. And then I was surprised to find out my my views on it. I would have thought that I would see it more Charlie Bell's way, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> and it's probably because I am I married. I was going to say because you're bitter. But... <laughs> Everyone must suffer. If I have to no, no, it's just if I, I don't have to go through it, everyone has to go through it. No, I just feel like it's welcome uh, to hell, gay people. It's uh, no, I, I just feel like it's it's if if you want to be married, then you can be married, right. and if you don't want to be married, then don't be then married. don't be married. But don't try to uh, obtain as much of much of the privilege that goes with marriage as you possibly can mm-hmm. without doing it. I just don't. And, and why not? Why does that? Well, how does that affect you? I, what I, difference does it make to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not being. I'm asking, I, I think uh, actually, to me personally, it probably doesn't do anything to me. But I think to society on a whole, I think it. Uh, I think that it erodes away at marriage, and I th- I do as uh, as as progressive as I like to be and, and think that I am, I do think that there are uh, a lot of pluses that go along with the institution of marriage that, I, that can't be uh, substituted. I think that they're probably, that's probably true, but I just think that we're society is, I think marriage is evolving and I think society is evolving. And I think marriage is something that fewer people are choosing for a lot of different reasons or they don't have access to it. What? And, How do you not have access to marriage? Well, like me, I don't have access to marriage. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I don't have anybody who wants to marry well, me. Well, I mean, well, okay. Put it like this: if you, but it, okay. So then, but but that's not an argument because then you don't have access to domestic partnership either. So I mean, that's not if you have access to no, to because, one of these alternatives, then you no, have access to marriage. No, that's not true because the person that I was in a domestic partnership with for fifteen years didn't want to get married. That was one of the causes that our relationship broke up. Oh. 
So okay. Oh, okay, okay. I guess you're right. Okay. So I think that. Um, I mean, so you so in other words, you're saying there's a a, a a portion of the population that will settle. No, I'm saying that's, I. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't, I don't. For some, okay, some people will settle. For some people, it's a choice. It doesn't. Whatever. I don't think it matters. I don't. I don't care what you do in your personal life. I think that as a society, the more options we have to make things practical for people and to make you not feel compelled to have to do something just because it's traditional or because that's the way it's been done, the better. That's my opinion. Hey, Adina, uh, and, uh, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I earlier you said that there there are uh, pros and cons to being married. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to process this uh, this whole thing. Well, what are the cons? Yeah, what are the, what are the cons? Before you propose? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the main things it, it that can it depends on how you look at it, mm-hmm. and I think this is a, a huge reason why a lot of people don't want to get married. It's like because you can't just get you can't just walk you can't just walk away. Oh, so you can walk away from a domestic partnership, but you can't walk away from a marriage. I mean, basically. easier than a marriage, but it, but nothing's just nothing's just do it. It's mm-hmm. not Nike. Is life isn't Nike? You know? <laughs> There's a process to everything, <laughs> even undoing a domestic partnership. But yeah, it's not as traumatic as divorce, right? Which I think is actually a pro of it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess, like you said, it depends on how you look at it, but. I feel like it, it erodes away a marriage, and and at, at at some point it'd be like, what's 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 the point? Yeah, you know, it's uh, people are already complaining that um, men aren't you know as willing to get married, and um, there's not as much in it as it used to be, and this and that and whatever else. And I just think that will just add to the list of yeah. reasons not to get married. Right. But that's and I don't think yeah. society as a whole is better off with more people not getting married not that you know not not that everyone has to get married i don't believe that mm-hmm. but at the same time i think it is good for society as a, as a whole um i don't think it is a bad thing and i just i don't think that you should be if if divorce is is what whatever 50 percent now whatever i don't know i could with domestic partnership people can just you know walk away easier uh, if they gonna... if they added those numbers, jeez. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but I think one of the reasons why people the divorce rate is so high is because people who shouldn't have been getting married got married, and I've seen more of that in my lifetime of people who really weren't suited to marriage at all, but mm-hmm. felt for whatever reason that they had to get married, whether it was social pressure, they got the girl pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But and um, women and men. So I just feel like mm-hmm. the more our social institution, our social, civil, legal institutions can actually reflect life as we live it and the, the practical choices that we face as people. I mean, to me, that's better. Not just supporting marriage for the sake of supporting marriage. I mean, marriage is a concept that, like you said, it probably has pros and cons. But I mean, to me, that actually is better because then the people who actually choose it are going to be choosing it because they want to be in it, not because they have to be in it or because they feel pressured to be in it. So, I, I mean, I don't think it would be terrible to see a day when fewer people got married, but the people who are married are committed to their marriages and to the idea of marriage. Like, I think that would actually be better for the institution of marriage. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> well, <laughs> just let the record show that uh, the weasel is just as confused as he was. <laughs> this yeah, we could put that just as a we could just play that <laughs> remark at every the beginning and end of every show that we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, that, whoever thought that 
that um, th- that decision would lead to this conversation. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's interesting. I think that's an interesting uh, topic that could be, you know, discussed again at a, at a later date further. But uh, next is uh, <laughs> did uh, did anybody else uh, catch um, Obama uh, singing in church? Well, I, I, I think POTUS stands for uh, <laughs> Pastor of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, was, Amen. Was, was he actually singing or was he was he preaching? Oh, Both. you didn't you didn't hear it? No, 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 I didn't. Ugh. Well, um, I actually have a clip of of it, so uh, you like to hear? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard him sing. He's got a nice voice. Yeah, the organist had to get some. Sing, how sweet. The sound that saved. Sang it, Mr. President. <laughs> Anybody throw their panties at him while he was up there? Not in church, that ain't. <laughs> uh-huh. Started off good. You know, he can he can afford someone to to give him voice lessons. I didn't realize this was the. Uh, <laughs> I would not have made that joke. I'm sorry. Simmons Senior found that grace. Sharonda Coleman Singleton found that grace. Myra Thompson found that grace. Through the example of their lives, they've now passed it on to us. May we find ourselves worthy of that precious. An extraordinary gift. As long as our lives endure, may grace now lead them home. May God continue to shed his grace on the United States of America. Since we won the war, motherfuckers. (laughs) I said Charlie Bell found that grace. (laughs) Damon the Weasel Stanford found that grace. (laughs) Dino motherfucking red found that grace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, if he had to kind of just put a little bit more, if he had to put this little hat in there, I'm telling you the whole world would have blew up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the congregation was already Already. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They it would have like you they would still be talking Twitter yeah. and Facebook would still be a fire right now. They did you see they they interviewed the organist uh, that was totally impromptu he was right, like right. i just got to feeling it right right i was like i had to put some stank on <laughs> it right. <for> mr president <laughs> why people would have been at home like what's going on i don't i don't get it <laughs> no they, they got it they got it a lot of my white friends were telling me how moving it was so they got it well yeah i mean 
Yeah, shit, Martin Luther King, you know, <laughs> he moved the world. He, he mesmerized the nation. I mean, the world, like, Nobel it, Peace Prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I think uh, I think uh, black orators have uh, I, they crossed over a long time ago. You I think? think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still think it'd been something different for the president of the United States to come like that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, he. I mean, he appears on on the John Stewart show and and the Tonight Show. I mean, it's. I and think we podcast. Got, yeah, uh, yeah, and podcast. I, I think I think as a, as a, as a nation, we've gotten and it started with Clinton on on the Arsenio Hall show. Uh, I think we've gotten more accepting of a of a more a less formal mm-hmm. um, president. Well, let me let me let me uh, clarify. I don't mean like. It would have blown up with like negativity. Oh, I just okay. mean it would have been taking a, it to another level. Everybody oh. would have been talking about it. Oh, Still okay. is right. what I'm talking about. It would have been a big thing. It would right. have, like people would have been like catching the Holy Ghost right there in that mm-hmm. church <laughs> and passing out. I mean, right. it would have been huge. So that's what I'm saying. So Dino, how did you feel listening to your president give that very moving? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, it was. It was good. It was good, yeah. So, I so, no, I, I was going to say, you know, most presidents after they uh, after they uh, finish office, well, shit, all presidents they they open a library. I think I think the pres- I think Obama should open a church. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Good some, one. some sort of religious. Uh, <laughs> you can make a lot more money in a church than you can in speaking engagements. Yeah, yeah, they but, take up like three, or four offerings yeah. in some churches. <laughs> no, like, we just need seventy-four more cents. Malia has to go to college. We gotta fund Obamacare. <laughs> no, but on, but on a serious note, though, like I mean, we have like. I just want to say a couple words about my president. This I really like I cried. I mean, I've been very emotional all week. This has been a very moving week between gay marriage, between, you know, the Affordable Care Act being upheld, between fair housing rights being upheld. This has been a historical week. And you know, people are talking about I mean, have you been I don't know if you've been paying attention, but a lot of people are talking about okay, this is starting to be like an opportunity for us to look at the totality and the legacy that, you know, the president Obama is going to leave other than just as the first black president. And it's really astonishing. Like, I I feel like we take him for granted, like on a day to day, it's easy to get caught up in the bullshit and the Congress back and forth and the petty bullshit. But I mean, aside from being the first African-American president, which is a huge thing in and of itself, I mean, he's, you know, expanded the the healthcare system this is the first expansion of healthcare since medicare you know he's really could you know he's the first president to say gay gay folks you know are equal citizens and deserve the right to marry and to love one another you know he's trying to help immigrants he's you know he's just done so much he saved the freaking economy from going off the cliff in the worst recession since the great depression right. i mean there's so i mean he's being he's going to be looked at as a much more consequential president than i think a lot of folks realize and um you know i'm just i'm just extremely impressed and gratified and i think that we're going to look back on this these days and this week and these times and realize what a major historically significant moment we we've been living through charlie's in love yeah, yeah. charlie no in no love. you know what i'm i'm in love with the the progress you know i feel like what like this whole thing about the the confederate flag <laughs> i'm in love i'm in love no. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This is, 
This is what they're going to sing at Scott Storch's <laughs> wake. This is going to be his going. This is going to be his home going wake song. Him. <laughs> Do you think Scott Storch still owes people money? Why else would you follow the bankruptcy? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean people that could hurt him. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's like you spend thirty seventy million dollars and you still owe people money. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. But anyway, <laughs> I hear you. Well, <clears throat> with that, I think that is a good note to go out on. We uh, had a full show and. Uh, Go ahead and uh, give some shout-outs, and then we'll wind down. And uh, Again, uh, go ahead and uh, keep an eye out for that Light Skin Matters. It's coming up, coming soon to a podcast near you. Uh, Shout-out to my boys, Gil, Lori, and uh, Be Honest. Um, Shout-out to John and Molly, John Pennyman and Molly McIntyre of the Pennyman Doctrine. Thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, go over to their network if you want to check out the show that I was on. Their latest one is out. Um, and uh, let's see shout out to Jared Hill and the uh, Back to Reality podcast shout out to Chaz Samuel our, our super uh, Facebook editor and uh, with that we are oh D yo what's up uh, can I uh, plug the sure. uh, gig one, one last time yeah go ahead uh, Thursday July 2nd at uh, the Formosa uh at Formosa, I, I don't know if it's a cafe or what. The Formosa Cafe. Oh, uh, Formosa Cafe, thank you. Okay. Uh, 7156, Stand Up for Monica. <laughs> Google that. God, that would have been cool if I had married a girl named Monica. Uh-huh. Stand Up for Monica. Uh, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, uh, West Hollywood. Doors open at 7. There's street parking. All right. And uh, so, with that... Oh, did uh, you want to do the clarification? What clarification was that? Uh, I think you wrote something on, on my friend's page about you forgot to uh, mention the clarification. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, good looking out. How'd you know How'd you know about that? She mentioned it? It was either mm-hmm. on her page or your page. I, I forget which Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, or was on Twitter. I don't know. Right. Uh, a couple episodes back, I mentioned that somebody uh, said, oh, if you don't talk about Rachel... On your next show, then I'm I'm not going to listen to the show anymore, and I didn't know how to take it, and this and that, whatever else. And I said I was taking it as a joke, but I wasn't really sure. Yes, that person did. Um, they did write in, and they did tell me that they were joking, and that um, see if I can remember. She said something like it, it should have said something like. Um, uh, basically, she just said she was looking forward to us talking about it, and uh, all of all of the. Uh, you know all of the uh, commotion that she was causing and, and ratchetness and whatever whatever else is basically you know she was just saying she was looking forward to us uh, talking about it. But anyway, um, yes. So there, there's that clarification for Charlie Bell, Damon Weasel Stanford. I'm Dino Red. Holla at your boy. Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been The Shiznit.
You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.